Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to The Jar. My name's Chris, and we're so glad you chose to hang out with us this morning. Um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, my wife Jennifer and I uh, actually went to a swim meet of our two girls. And when we got to the swim meet, it was raining cats and dogs. I mean, like the, the rain was going sideways. It was that kind of thing. So being the gentleman that I am, I got the umbrella out. I went across, around the other way. I, I got her ready. And she had a raincoat on with her hoodie up. Kind of looked like Eminem a little bit. And uh, we started walking uh, in the parking lot up to uh, the middle school. And as we're walking, I noticed there was a couple on the curb that was kind of going fast, too, because it was raining. And it looked like we were going to collide. So I went ahead and I told Jennifer, I said, uh, hey, babe, watch out for that group. But it was raining. She had her hood up. She didn't hear anything. And she just keeps on going real, real fast. And she literally bumps into these people about takes them out. And the people are like, huh, and Jen's real embarrassed. Uh, she's introverted anyway, so she's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And the people are like, it's raining. Can we just keep walking, you know? And uh, so they keep walking behind us. And I turn to her, I'm like, uh, woman, like, I just told you, we're, watch the couple. And she's like, I didn't hear you. And maybe you've, you've experienced that before if you're married or uh, if you're dating somebody. You kind of have a little tiff before you go into the event. And so you got to make it all right before you get into the event. And so we did. And we're getting ready to pay for our tickets. And I went ahead and I looked to Jen. And I said, we should pay for the couple behind us uh, who we bumped into, who you bumped into. And uh, she said, yeah, yeah, let's do that. So we go ahead and we tell them, hey, we're going to pay for the people behind us. And they're like, no, 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 you don't have to pay for us. And I'm like, my wife just about took you out, you know. No, 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 we're going to pay for you. And uh, so uh, they said, okay. And then this is what they said, which I thought was so powerful. They went ahead and these were the words that came out of their mouth. They said, thank you, thank you so much, because people just don't seem to do good deeds. Well, today, what I want to talk to you about is doing good deeds and actually being rich in doing good deeds. Um, for some of you, you may not have ever thought about being rich in this way. That a lot of times when we hear that word rich in our culture, as we've talked about, we just think about money or wealth. But you can be rich actually in a better way even sometimes, and that is to be rich in good deeds. Now, the good deed that Jennifer and I did um, was nothing spectacular. It wasn't gigantic. We just paid for some tickets to the people behind us. But it was something that was meaningful to them. And to be honest, I'm not always obedient when it comes to getting a prompting or just to do a good deed. Uh, sometimes I get in my head and I'm like, well, what are they going to think? Sometimes I wonder to myself, well, is this too much of a risk? And so there are many times that I just don't do it myself. But I really do want to be rich in good deeds. So what about you? What about you where you're sitting at right now? Are you rich in good deeds? Are you rich in making a difference in other people's lives? Are you rich in making a difference in the world that we have? Um, or are you like me sometimes? And sometimes you get into your head and you're like, well, I don't want to, you know, 
look like I'm at the center of anything. I I don't want to call attention to myself. Uh, I'm afraid to take a risk. And so then you just don't do it. Uh, Sometimes are you disobedient? Are you actually willing to, to not do the good deed because you don't want to be obedient in the time? Is this just something that I struggle with or are there others of you that Oh, you're all saints this morning, aren't you? Yeah. Um, you all never have that thought, do you? Of like, the, the opportunity comes, but you're a little afraid, you're a little scared to do that. Well, I think if we were truthful, we'd say that all of us experience that at times. And this morning, I want us to continue in our scripture that we've been looking at over this entire series in 1 Timothy chapter 6. Uh, in verse 17, New- Timothy is in the second half of the Bible. And Paul, the guy who wrote close to half of the New Testament, is kind of teaching, he's mentoring this guy named Timothy to be a leader in the church. And he writes to him these words. He says, command those who are what? What's it say? Are rich. Uh, again, if you forgot from last few weeks, that's you. That's who he's talking to, okay? He's talking to me. Um, if you drove here today in a car, you're in the top 3% of the world of the wealthiest people. So he's talking to you rich people. He's talking to me. And he says, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but, but to put their hope where? What's it say? In God, who richly provides us with everything For our enjoyment. In other words, everything that you have, folks, is not yours. It's simply a gift from God. And he gives that to you. And he says, you actually should enjoy this. I want you to enjoy what I've given you. Verse 18. Command them to do what? What's it say? To do good and to be rich. How? Good deeds. And to be generous and willing to share. Here, this scripture is very clear. God is telling us that you and I are to be rich in good deeds. Now, the problem is, is that sometimes what people think is that if I'm going to have a relationship with God, it's based upon my works. It's based upon my good deeds. So I want to give you a foundational principle this morning that is our big idea. This is the first fill-in for you, uh, either on the app or in the program. For those of you that are on the stream, uh, you can go ahead and do that on your app. But here's our big idea this morning, and it's this. We are not saved by good works. We are saved for good works. Let me say that again. We are not saved by good works, but we are saved for good works. Folks, we are not saved. We are not made right by doing a whole bunch of religious stuff. We're not saved by trying harder or doing more good or doing less bad. The reality is we are not made right with God by the works that we do, but we do these works because it transforms our lives. Your lives become different. You become more engaged with the things of God when you're out doing the goodness that God has called you to do. In fact, uh, this is what Paul described in Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 8. Ephesians uh, was a, a community 
that was in uh, Greece. And in this community, he writes to them, and this is what he says. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. And this is such great news. It is the gift of God. Think about that. You're saved because it's a gift. God gives you a gift. He makes you whole. He makes you complete. That's what salvation means. To be made whole, to be made complete. He gives you this gift. Not by, what's the next word? Works. It's not by our works. So that no one, no one can ever boast. In other words, I can't say I'm righteous and you're not. So I'm going to heaven and it sucks to be you. And that's what people do sometimes in the church. They have a tendency to try to figure out how many good works I can do so that I'm better than the next person. Folks, that's not what it's about. It says you are not saved by good works. It is through grace. Why? So that no one, no one could ever boast. Then Paul goes on in verse 10 and he says this, for we are God's handiwork. In other words, uh, another translation says we are God's masterpiece. Kind of like this particular work that we saw this morning. That's what God has done in your life long before you were even born. He was creating in you to be a masterpiece, God's handiwork, created in Jesus Christ to do what? What's it say? To do good works. That's why he created you, to do Good works, which God prepared in in advance for you to do. Now, this is like mind-blowing to me. That long before you were ever born, he had already created in you a particular DNA to use the gifts that you have and the talents that you have to do good works that he prepared when? In advance for us to do. Folks, God has some things particularly for you to do. And if you don't do them, they're never going to get done in this world. That's how much he trusts you. That's how much he loves you. That's how much he wants to do an impact in your life so that you impact the world. God loves you so much that he equipped you with everything you need to do and everything he wants you to do. He prepared you long in advance in this world to do certain things for you to make a difference. And you know what? Every once in a while, you sense it. You're driving down the road when all of a sudden there's a person on the side that has a flat tire. And you're like, I can do this. Man, I was made for this. This is mine, God. Give this one to me. This is mine. And you've always had a dream of like being, you know, in the pit crew for the Indy 500. And like you pull over and you're like, ma'am or sir, I got this. And you get down, you get the tire off, you get on. They're like, oh, thank you so much. I see. Look, you know, I couldn't do that because you don't do that, do you? You don't have like an electrical thing that you're doing like that. You get out. I don't even know what you get out, but you gotta get out something and you have to take it off. And yeah, I, if you have a flat tire, don't, don't wave me down. Cause I'm, 
I'm not going to be any help. But, but some of you are mechanical. You have that gift. You're like, oh, that's mine. And you do that and you feel so good. And when they're like, oh, thank you so much. You go, no, 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 no. This is simply to bless you because God has blessed me so much. Maybe for others of you, what you love is you love cooking. And like the food network is like your BFF. You're watching that thing all the time. You're like, I'm good at cooking food. And a coworker gets sick. They have some kind of issue. And so you're like, I can make this. This is mine. This is mine. I got this. This is mine. And you make dinner for them. Maybe you have a neighbor and they're going through something really, really hard. And you're like, you know what? I'm a good listener. I could go over and I could just listen to them for a period of time. And you do that. And you have this good work because you're sensing what God's calling you to do. And you bless that individual in such a great week. A couple of weeks ago, uh, I woke up and all of you did too. And if you remember, it like rained and then it was like, um, you know, like sleet. And then it became snow and it was really nasty. It was a Thursday morning and Thursday morning for us is trash day. And so when I got there, I took my trash out and it was cold and nasty. You, you barely could walk. And I looked up and I noticed that my neighbor um, actually had not brought their trash down. And so I went up and I just got their trash. I brought it down to the curb, uh, went back inside the house, went about my day when I got a text and my neighbor texted me this. They said, did you take our trash out today? Are you the trash man? And uh, I've never been called that before, but I kind of was excited about it, honestly. And uh, they said, thank you so much if you did, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, smiley emoji, like, hey, I'm so glad you did this. And I responded, you got me, I'm the trash man. And, and that was it. And they said, thank you, you really helped us out. It was such a nasty morning. We really appreciate you doing that. And folks, this one was mine. Like it wasn't changing a tire because I can't do that. It wasn't doing something mechanical. But I'll tell you what, I am a good, good person of taking a green tote and bringing it down to a curb. And I was the trash man that day. And I did that in such a way simply to show, not pointed directly to me, but to do an act of kindness for my neighbors. You know, folks, every once in a while, you realize that God is telling you this is yours. You've got the time, you've got the ability, you've got the skill set. You should do this. And the question becomes, are we being rich in doing good deeds? Now, for the rest of our time, what I want to do is talk about three principles that I think are key when you are being rich in good deeds. And here's the first one. It is, my good deed should point to God, not me. My good deed should point to God and not me. Jesus said these powerful, day, uh, powerful words one day. He said this, you are the light of the world, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light so shine before others so they can see what one heck of a person you are. Is that what Jesus said? Some of you are like, I don't know. 
If you're new to the Bible, folks, that is not what it said, okay? This is what it actually says. It says this, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they could see your good deeds and praise who? Your father in heaven. Folks, when Jesus said, let your light shine, he's not talking about words here. He's talking about actions. What are you doing with your actions? Do you realize that sometimes the only sermon that another person will ever hear is by the good deeds or the actions that you do? They don't want to hear words. They want to see what you do. A person wants to know, do you love me by doing something, not just by saying a whole bunch of words? Because your actions show the goodness of God. A person doesn't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Have you heard that before? They don't care how much you know. They don't care about the words. What they want to know is, do you care about me? Are you willing to do acts to show the goodness that you have? And when people try to say, oh, you're such a good person, you are such a good person, what you need to say is, no, 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 no. You deflect it towards the goodness of God. Because God is good, that's why I'm doing this good thing. A few years ago, uh, my wife uh, had a co-worker who went through a really kind of traumatic season of her life. Uh, She had a child, and within just a few months of having the child, uh, her husband filed for divorce. And she found herself uh, by herself, uh, trying to take care of this infant. And one day, I'm driving by her house, and like her lawn was a mess. I mean, it was just horrible. Weeds growing everywhere is bad. And I'm like, I got this. You see, I love to mow grass. Now, I don't know how to do anything mechanical whatsoever, but I can go like that, you know, and, and mow. And so i like, this one's mine, God. This one is mine. And so I went home, I got the lawnmower, I put it in the back of my car, and it was a summer before I started my master's program, so I had tons of time on my hand. I went down and I mowed her yard. And I kind of thought, well, maybe eventually, you know, she'll figure out that she should get someone to mow her yard. But guess what? She figured out it should be me. And so every single week for that entire summer, I just mowed her yard and uh, I tried to keep, uh, you know, just doing this because of that. And she would say, well, why are you doing this? And I'd say, well, I just wanted to show you God's love in a practical way. And we did this again and again and again until finally uh, I invited her to church and she and her infant son uh, would come a few times. And, and then uh, she left the community And when she left, she came into a more difficult season. She started abusing drugs, went through multiple different marriages, but Jennifer and I uh, just kept on trying to do good deeds for her. In fact, one of her weddings uh, we went to, uh, she lived here uh, for over four years, and uh, there wasn't a single person from Muncie except Jen and I at one of the weddings because people had wiped their hands clear of her. But we just kept doing good deeds over and over again. And this Christmas, we got a Christmas card uh, from her. Uh, and that little baby is an adult now in college. And she shared with us in the letter that she had made a commitment to Christ. 
She was in a godly relationship. Her life had never been more in the presence of God than it was at that time. And then she shared this. She said, and I remember all the good things you did for me, starting back when Chris mowed my yard. Folks, the impact of good deeds cannot be told enough, but it's not to point to me. It's not to point to yourself. It is to direct everything that happens that is a good deed to point to the one who is truly good, and that is God himself. That's the direction that you need to point to, to him. Because he has called you, he has prepared you before in advance for you to do certain things. And if you don't do it, it's not going to get done. It will never happen. So the first principle is that our good deeds should point to God and and not to ourselves. The second principle is this. My good deeds must help others in a way they need it, not in the way that I want to give it. My good deeds must help others in the way that they need it, not in the way that I want to give it. For example, let's say that a person has a house fire and they have a house fire. This is what you don't do. You don't go to them and go, you know what? I really want to help. I'd like to wash your car. Like it would make me so happy if I could wash your car. Can I wash? Say what? When your house just caught on fire, you don't need somebody to wash your car. You need help in a lot of other different ways. What is their need, not what you want to give them? I see it all the time with Christmas as well. Uh, people will come to me and they'll say, hey, I want to be able to help a family that's less fortunate, which is awesome. It's great. We have generous people in the church that do it all the time. But sometimes people will buy all kinds of gifts, all kinds of stuff, and they never ask the person that they're doing all this for, what do you need? And, And I've seen it before. They'll buy all kinds of toys and gifts and everything, and you know what they really need is for their electricity to be paid because the next month it's going to be shut off. And so you need to ask them, what is the need that you have? And then you meet that need. It doesn't mean that you're not doing good things, but don't do what you want that makes you feel good. What can you do that is going to meet their needs? So our good deeds must help others in the way that they need, not the way that we want to give it. Folks, this is what Jesus did. How do we know it? Scripture tells us. Acts chapter 10, verse 38, it says this. Then Jesus went around, and what was he doing? What's it say? Very simple. He was doing good. Jesus went around doing good. What was the specific good he did? He was healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. What he didn't say was this. Hey, let me show you something really cool. I'm going to turn water into wine. You might not get better, but you're going to feel better for a little bit of time, you know? No. No, 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 no. Jesus saw exactly what was going on in these people's lives. And what did he do? He met the need. He simply met the need that they had. This particular uh, principle was shown to me uh, in a great way when uh, I was in Mexico for the very first time uh, in Tijuana in 1998. Uh, when we got there, 
the missionary uh, who knew the culture, knew the people, said, hey, we don't want you to give money away to any of the kids. They may ask for it, but don't do that. And so I was like, yeah, no problem. And, and so we built a house for a family. You rich people would call it a shed. You know, it's like 10 feet by 12 feet. That's what it was. That's where this family lived. And uh, as we finished it, we started painting it. See, I was on the paint crew. I could, they wouldn't let me use tools, but I can paint. And so I was painting. After we were done, I looked down, and their, their little daughter was so cute. Had these little pigtails. I was like, oh. I'm like, here, you want to get some ice cream? And that was the wrong thing to do. Because within just a few minutes, the entire barrio, all of the neighborhood kids started coming. They're like, I want ice cream too. And I was like, I don't have enough money for all these ice cream kids. Like, I just don't have it. And luckily, the missionary was there and kind of pulled me aside and said, Chris, why'd you do that? I told you not to do that. And I was like, well, my heart, you know. And and then I'll never forget, he said this. He said, when you do this, you train these kids to be dependent upon outsiders rather than doing things better for themselves. And that money, Chris, it was only two bucks, but that money would have been so much better for that little girl and her education than if you would have given it just directly to her. And so from that moment on, I've learned if I'm going somewhere and there is someone who is a missionary, that what I do is whatever the rules are, that's what I follow. Whatever they say to do, that's what I'm going to do. Folks, we are not going to do for others what they could do for themselves, but we're going to bless them in such a way by lifting them up and making their lives better. So let me share just one more principle about being rich in good deeds, and it's this. My good deeds will praise God through his church. My good deeds will praise God through his church. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, the author says this, And let us consider how we may do what? What's it say? Spur one another on toward what? Love and good deeds. Toward love and good deeds. We're going to spur one another on toward love and good deeds. The best physical shape that I had ever been in my life uh, took place uh, when Jennifer and I first moved here to Muncie. Uh, like I shared, I had time to mow people's yards, and I had time to work out a lot. And so uh, one of her bosses came to me and said, hey, we do this uh, physical fitness boot camp, and just wanted to know if you wanted to be a part of it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. And then he said this, um, it meets at 6 a.m. in the morning. I was like, I don't want to do this now. You know what I mean? And that meant I had to get up at five in the morning, but it's like, I got nothing to do anyway. So, you know, I'd get up in the morning, I'd sleep, you know, when I'd get home after that. And so I'd get up in the morning and uh, just kind of worked out. And man, every single day was amazing workouts. And uh, we had uh, ab workouts and we'd go up and down the steps of the hospital, 10 flights, uh, six times. You ran on the last one and uh, we did plyometrics and there was all of this that was going on. And when I would do the steps, I would just die on the last one. I never made it uh, except to the eighth floor. That's how hard it was. And uh, But this guy, 
that ran this, um, he would just be on you all the time. His, his name's Jeff. And he would just be like, come on, you can do it. You can do it. And, and he would just spur me on. And it was the best shape I'd ever been in my life. And I did it for three years because I had somebody beside me spurring me on to be physically fit. Well, the reality is, folks, is that I'm spurring you on this morning to be rich in good deeds. Folks, when it comes to being rich in good deeds, you need some people around you to spur you on. But not just me, but there are other groups of folks. And I just want to share with you three groups of people that you could be a part of that would help spur you on to do good deeds. The first one uh, is, and we're doing this, remember, we're always doing this to give praise to God through the church. We're doing this to give praise to God through the church. Here's the first group, small groups, small groups. We've had uh, several small groups that are constantly uh, spurring one another on. Now, what's a small group? A small group is simply six to 15 people that get together and uh, they only meet two times a month, folks. So it's not even a weekly thing. Just two times a month. And they read scripture. They pray. They encourage one another. No one's going to put you on the spot. But the other thing they do is that they encourage you to be spurred on to do good works. To be rich in those. And if you want to do that, you can just uh, check the back of your connect card. It says, I'm interested in small groups. And you can check that, and that'll be a great place to get involved. Or you can do it, if you're on the stream, uh, you can just go ahead and click that on the app. Now, the next group that kind of helps you to spur on to uh, do good acts uh, or good works is our Surf Fest. It's actually coming up this Saturday. So this Saturday, 10 a.m., uh, you could come and be a part of Surf Fest. What's Surf Fest? Surfest is where we get some cookies and some quarters, and we take the cookies to uh, workers at the mall and some different business, businesses on McGalliard, and we simply let them know that God loves them, and we thank them for serving our community. We do these good works. Or we take the quarters, and we go to a laundromat, and we help people pay for their laundry. And there's other things that we do. And you could do this, and it's kid-friendly. Uh, my two girls and I do this almost every single month, and they love it. Because what kid does not want to give cookies away? Now, you might have to buy a cookie afterwards, okay? Um, but it, it's a great kind of outreach to spur people on to do good works. And then, finally, a, a third thing is our community basket. Here's a group that two times a month, they take hygiene items or cleaning supplies and give it to people who are either on food stamps or they're working poor because food stamps doesn't pay for those particular items. Now, it's going to take place two Thursdays from uh, now. So not this coming Thursday, the Thursday after that, which actually is St. Patrick's Day. So you can wear green and you can come to the community basket and you can have green beer. Some of you are like, are you serious? No, 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 no beer. Okay, no beer. Um, but you could come and be a part of that and you would be spurred on to do some 
good deeds to be able to care for some people in our community. Now, this is what I know about some of you on the stream and what I know about some of you who are here today. You're not going to do any of the three. You're just not. So I knew that in advance. So I wanted to challenge all of us to do one thing. And then what you're going to receive when you leave today is a little card that says, yes, it's free. It says, this is a simple way of saying that God loves you, no strings attached. And what I'm going to challenge every single one of us to do this week is to do one good deed and to give this card. Now, why do we give the card? Because we want them to know, oh, we're such a good church. Oh, we're full of good people. No, we give the card so that they would maybe consider the goodness of God. Now, what are some things that you could do with your card? You could pay for the person behind you. And when you get up to the drive through window, you just tell them, hey, I want to pay for the person behind me. And after you pay, then you take out the card. You just say, hey, would you be willing to give this to the people behind me? And people at the drive through will look at it. I've done it multiple times. And this week I did it at Jimmy John's. They're like, that's really good. I was like, yeah, and God's good too. And they're like, okay. And uh, that, like I went out and then I hope they gave it to the person. I don't know. But uh, you can do that. You can pay for the person behind you. If you want to take out a loan, you could actually pay for someone's gas. Like, what is up, you know? So if you want to take out a loan, you can pay for someone's gas. But that'd be a huge gift to give to someone. Uh, some of our moms do this. They'll tell me this. I'm like, I love our moms uh, here. They'll go to the diaper section and they'll get this card. They'll put some money in it. And then they'll leave it right there where the diapers are because diapers are really expensive. And when moms go there and they see that, what a huge gift they're able to get. Now, the reality is you can do some things that don't even need money. You could babysit for someone who has young children. Just say, hey, we'd like to give you an evening. We're going to babysit. You could do that. Maybe you have an elderly neighbor that you could actually go up and say, hey, uh, do you need help with anything? Can I go to the store? Can I get you something? You could do that. Or you could simply this week go and get the trash can of your neighbor. And instead of them having to do it, you could take it down to the curb yourself. And folks, what would it look like if we had over 300 good acts Every single person this week decided, I'm going to do one good work. And every one of us bought into it. What kind of impact would that have? We would be a church, folks, that is rich in good deeds. So, this week, when you're rich in this good deed that you're doing, remember, don't point the attention to yourself, point to God. And if you are bold enough, maybe you could actually ask them, what is it that you need? And if you're able to do it, you could meet their need rather than giving them what you want. And then when we do this, we would become a church, a people who are rich in good deed, good deeds, who are praising God through his church. And I hope all of you, when you get that free card today, Don't throw it away. Actually do a good deed so that you can be rich 
in those. Let's pray. Well, God, we uh, thank you so much for your spirit that is speaking to us today, challenging us to consider how we might be rich in good deeds this week. God, would you give us sensitive hearts and sensitive hands to be able to reach out to other people, sensitive eyes to see the needs of people around us so that we could do the good deeds, God, that you prepared for us in advance to do. And God, when people see the deed that we do, that when they say, oh, you're such a good person, you say, well, thank you, but actually it's really the good God who has challenged me to do this good deed. And you could look and say, this one's mine, God. This one is mine. Now, right now, if you're ready to say, you know what? I want to be that kind of person this week. I want to be rich in good deeds. I'm going to take that free card. I'm going to do it, Chris. I'm going to be rich in a good deed. If that's you, then I just invite you to hold your hand up to say, God, this one's mine. I don't know what it is you're going to put on my plate, but I'm going to do it this week. And and my hope is that every single hand would be uh, held up on this one. We, we all want to desire being rich in good deeds. For those of you that are on the stream right now, your hand should be up. I want to be rich in good deeds. Let me pray for you. God, thank you for a church full of people that want to be rich in what matters most. Help us this week, God, to be sensitive to your direction in our life. To have eyes to do the good that you call us to. Help us to meet needs, God, to show love, to direct all attention to you for your honor, for your glory. In your name we pray, amen. You can put your hand down. Now I realize that for some of you, you may have been walking away from God recently. Or maybe you've never really walked toward God. And the truth is today you're like, I want to be rich in the things that matter most. I, I want to have a relationship with God. Well, I want you to know, folks, that your relationship with God is not based upon your good works. We could count all the good works that we do in this auditorium, everyone on this stream, and none of them would compare even close to what God did for you. When he sent Jesus to leave from heaven, to come to earth, to have a relationship with you and he went to a cross and he died on it for all of your sins so you would not have to carry any guilt any shame ever again and you could be set free and today if you're like yeah but i'm not a good enough person folks none of us are our good works do not get us to god it's all because he came down to us Through his grace. Grace that says, there's nothing you can do to make God love you more. There's nothing you can do to make God love you less. He simply loves you as is. And he wants a relationship with you today. And so if you've been drifting away or you haven't made that commitment and you're like, I need that in my life. I want to be rich in God. We're going to talk about it next week. But today, I want to be rich in God. And I'm going to invite you in a prayer. And it's not a prayer that you pray by yourself. 
but we pray together in unity in one voice. And so if you feel comfortable, I invite you to simply repeat this prayer after me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I give my life to you. Make me brand new. Send me your love. I believe Jesus died for me and rose again so I could live for you. Fill me with your spirit so I could know you, follow you, and serve you for the rest of my life. My life is not my own. Today I give it to you. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.